Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. One mama friend asked me the other day, this question. Bethany, how do you do Christmas? How do you lead? How do you have devotions that fit the season, but engage your children well? What exactly is your perspective with all the craziness that Christmas often can bring? Now, this is a question or this pile of questions. They're really good. And I love talking with mamas about these questions. So today I thought we would sit down and kind of work through a little bit of the framework of how Troy and I see Christmas. My goal today is to walk through three different things. I want to walk through one truth. I want to share a devotional that we love in our home. And I want to share one tradition that might be a little bit different than others that you've heard. So first, the perspective. Have you ever heard anyone sit with your child? Or perhaps you've said it to yours. And so I certainly don't want this to be condemnation. I just want to open your eyes to something here. But have you heard this question? Have you been good this year? Are you on Santa's nice list? What's Santa going to bring you for being so good? These words are often spoken with kindness, but they're layered with threat or repercussion. Those exact questions rang out with one of my children the other day, and my heart wanted to stop at that moment. Honestly, I wanted to run. I wanted to run the other way with my child, and my little girl turned to me with her eyes wide open, searching my face, and I quickly covered the moment with assurances to everyone involved in the conversation that presence would be under her tree, that she had been good. But as we walked away from the exchange, in the moment we were quietly alone, I kneeled down and I looked into her precious eyes and I asked her, what do you think about those questions? Are you good this year? Because you see those questions open that box for our children. Therefore, hidden inside the question of are you good is the layer of of reality that you may not be good. And her answer tore at my heart. It exposed her doubts, but it also opened the door for the truth of the gospel. And that's what we want to be about as mamas. She quietly said, Maybe, maybe I'm good. And then she finished it with, but I don't really know. And so for a little while, sitting in a parking lot that day, we talked about the truth of Christmas in a language that she could understand 
and that I pray has started to plant seeds of truth to combat the wicked evil that seeps out of every part of those questions. And the way I started this conversation was this, and I thought this might be the easiest way to do this today, is to pretend as if I was talking to Caroline. So I say, Caroline, I want you to understand something very important and foundational. It doesn't matter what you have done this year. It doesn't matter if you have gotten mad at your brother or disobeyed mommy or didn't share or fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. What matters this year is whose you are. You see, sweetie, we celebrate Christmas every year, but we need to understand why. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus came as a baby with one purpose in mind, to die on the cross for all the places that you're not good and all the places that mommy's not good. He was our special present that day because he would make a way for you to have a relationship with God, have peace in your life, and hope when you die that you will live with him forever. That is why we celebrate Christmas. Do you have to do anything for Jesus to be your Savior? And that is an important question to ask our children. Do you have to be good for him, for him to save you? Ever. And the answer is no, baby girl, you do not. There is no performing needed. You get to mess up. You get to sin. He will lead you to repentance. And he will lead you. And he will forgive you every time. So we may be sad that we have sinned. But we never have to be afraid. And we never have to worry that God will not forgive us or take us off of his list. Because you are his, Caroline. And he loves you no matter what. It is by grace you have been saved. And grace, baby girl, has nothing to do with you being good. It has nothing to do with you at all. So at Christmas, we celebrate this great gift of Jesus. We learn about his birth and we learn about his names and we sing songs that celebrate him. And we give gifts, Caroline, to one another. And you will have gifts under your Christmas tree, no matter what, whether you have been good or naughty, even if you've had many days of being in trouble, you will still have all your presents under the tree. Why? Why? Because you are my child, Caroline. And I love you no matter what. Your presents on Christmas Day are because you belong to our family and you will be richly blessed with gifts given in great grace. As believers, Mama, you and I cannot sit by and let culture dictate and pervert one of our holy days. And we certainly cannot allow our young children to be taken captive by a belief system that is in opposition to the true meaning of Christmas. But we do. We allow these questions of goodness, performance, and behavior to be asked of our children as if they are benign questions when really they have the fire of hell steaming off of them. 
we welcome a performance mentality for our little ones. And our little ones begin to believe that if they perform well, they receive well. And what we begin to believe is that if we can encourage their performance, it may keep them in line when the days are full of excitement, craziness, and maybe too many candies and sweets. But there is no performance needed for the greatest gift ever given, the reason for Christmas. Jesus Christ came while we are completely lost, sinful, full of wickedness, and he came to freely give salvation to all of us who believe. So in the Kimsey household, we do decorate with Santa Claus. A lot of people have asked me that. We do. He dec- we have him up as decoration. Because Santa Claus doesn't wield any power. And we love Christmas movies about elves and Santa's workshop and reindeer and snowmen. But Santa and all of his things are never exalted as the giver of our gifts. There are no lists made. No hopeful yearnings and letters to the North Pole. He certainly is not omniscient and he is not omnipresent. So Santa does not know if you have been sleeping or if you're awake. And his elves do not live in our home to check on our children's behavior. Because again, behavior is simply a symptom of a heart that needs the truth of the gospel applied. So we know our children are going to struggle with behavior. Those are our golden opportunities to talk about the gospel. And so we purpose to direct the hearts of our children to the one who can and does save. And he will work a change in their life because he loves them unconditionally and calls them to himself. What I want you to understand about this one perspective and how tightly we cling to it is that I will do battle on this point because I believe we have an enemy that wants nothing more than to convince our children that their performance factors into the equation of salvation. Because if he can convince them of that condemning thought, then grace is lost and bondage results. And it will result around a day that is full of God's rich, redeeming grace. And I want my children's heart, more than anything in this world, to sing that God's gift of Jesus is their greatest gift. And so for the Kimseys, one of the main truths we hold to in the Christmas season or the, is that we will not allow performance to factor in to the day when God's greatest gift was given. So that's our truth that we hold to. Now, on a different note, what do we like to do as devotionals? We've done lots of different things. In our family, we like to do read-alouds. And I have tried many different avenues and ways to do this. And um, they've worked and we have lots of things that have been great. And lots of people recommend, like I know um, the Ann Voskamp's book is beautiful and 
the Jesus Storybook Bible has actually an Advent study that you can read certain stories and walk your way through um, the whole Bible and walk your way, in essence, through the Christmas story. And it is amazing and it's beautiful. And we have done those studies. I think our favorite uh, over the last five years has been actually a read aloud book. And I wanted to recommend it because I don't know how many people have ever heard of it. It's called Keeping Holiday, and it's by an author. Her name is Star Mead, spelled S-T-A-R-R-M-E-A-D-E. I think you can find it on Amazon. I think that's where I ordered it. But it really is, um, in story form, an allegory about Christmas. And the story goes about a little boy who... um, begins to explore all the traditions of Christmas and all the concepts that surround Christmas because he's going to a town called Holiday. And so he experiences all these adventures and he meets lots of characters that represent traditions that we have inside of Christmas. But the more this boy learns about Christmas, the more he longs to know the one who created Christmas. So it is written for more of an elementary age child to listen to. And we have done read alouds though with this, with all of our kids ranging in age from older kids on down. And it's easy to read. It's delightful. I highly recommend it. I think, you know, probably on Amazon, it's not sponsored or anything. I don't, I don't know how you can find it, but I found it on Amazon. I'm pretty sure. So that is called keeping holiday. And then third, our one tradition I wanted to share. So the one tradition that we absolutely love is right at Thanksgiving, I will ask each child in our home to memorize a passage of scripture that has to do with Christmas, not necessarily the famous passages. So not necessarily Isaiah 53 or Luke 2. Um, one year, someone memorized Philippians 2, 1 through 10. One year, somebody memorized parts of Ephesians 2, and someone else memorized parts of Ephesians 3. We've had children memorize, um, one child one year memorized one of Paul's speeches in Acts because it clearly defines and lays out the gospel. So what we have done every year is take that month and ask each child to bring to Christmas Day a passage of scripture that they have memorized that contributes to the story of the gospel. And then before we open presents or start any of the Christmas hooting and hollering, we will work as a family to walk through all these passages in the word. And the child who's memorized recites their passage as well as they can. They're fully supported and we are cheering them on as they do it. And we help them out when they forget their lines. But the goal is that each child hears different passages and each child learns something new. So every year children know like already My kids have been asking, well, what's my passage for Christmas this year? What do I need to memorize? 
And so for us, it has been such a beautiful tradition that we've started. So I hope that these kind of answer a question for you of what do we do at Christmas and how could you maybe make your Christmas holiday a little different this year? I am, I love talking with mamas and I love answering your questions. And so you can find me if you have a question for me, if you need some more clarification about something I shared this week or a different week, or if you have a burning question, something you just really want to know. I, you can find me on Instagram. That's an easy place. I hang out there at Bethany Kimsey on Instagram. You can definitely find me on my website and send me through email there a question. Um, and, you know, truthfully, the last piece I want you to understand is I'm praying for you. Walking as a mom in the culture we walk in is hard, and I'm praying that you become fierce, grace-filled warriors that you are fierce in your prayer life and grace-filled in your conversations with your children. So if you'd like to learn more about how do you pray for your children and how do you pray for yourself, how do you do prayer in a way that is fierce by standing in the Word and on His promises and His covenant truths, I would love to give you a free prayer guide. It is a quick download, and you can tuck it in your Bible But it will begin to open your eyes, maybe, to some ways that you can pray for your children standing solely on the truth of God's Word. And watch as God works in your home with your kids. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to BethanyKimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.